the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman have the weekend off. How dare they? Looks like it's going to be another nice day. God, it was a beautiful day yesterday. Did you do anything special yesterday? Good morning? Yeah, we did, as a matter of fact. Millie and I went and went over to Del Mar and snuck in for opening day, and it was, uh, God, it was gorgeous. It was Gorgeous in Del Mar yesterday. What what was the temp? Uh, was, a little bit it, in than the Poway. It, it was a little cooler than Poway, but if you were in the sun, it was warm. Uh, but if you were in the shade, it was perfect. Uh, just a just a gorgeous day, uh, just beautiful opening day for the uh, for the twenty twenty two season. And things are look like they're pretty much back to normal over there um, after COVID. Um, I heard they capped the admission a little bit, like they did last year, because it was so successful because it was uncrowded. Well, I think it, if if they capped admission, it was just general admission that got capped because the everything else was everything else was packed. Uh, we got there about we got there about twelve thirty, and it really wasn't very crowded at all um, at that point. And we just kind of wandered around and, and checked stuff out. But by the time the first race went off at, at two o'clock, it was starting to get. Full and we left after the, we left right around the time the fourth race went off and it was it was packed when when, when by, the time, by the time the fourth race went off it was it was how did, how did was you nice. do with your horse selection? Uh, not so good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although the it was funny the the night before on Thursday night we went to we went to an opening day reception. Uh, at La Berge in, in Del Mar, Mel and I were sitting at a table and we were having a having a drink and talking. And beautiful again, a, just a beautiful night and the sun setting over the water. And uh, these three people come up and sit down and ask if they could share the table with us. Well, yeah, so they introduce themselves and it's Katie and her husband Stephen and their friend Victor. And I'm sitting and I'm sitting across from Victor and I'm looking at him like God, that guy looks familiar. So I pull my phone up and. Uh, Google it, and it was Victor Espinosa, the the jockey. And so, uh, super nice guy. I mean, he he was a really really nice guy. So we're we're sitting, we're all sitting. That there was talking. the closest thing to a winner you had. Well, I asked him. I said, we asked him. I said, are you run, are you running tomorrow? And he said, yeah. He said that he said the two the two rides I have are not great. He said, uh, and he showed us the one. He had one in the seventh and one in the, I think it was one in the seventh and one in the tenth. And, or one in the seventh or eighth, and one in the tenth, and he said this one, this one in the seventh or eighth. He said, he said that's he said that's not good. He goes, he goes this one in the, in the tenth. He said that's he said that's a that's a pretty good horse. And um, when I got home, I checked my TVG account and I won twenty three bucks. So I'm guessing he must have he must have placed. Oh, um, you bet. You... I bet us. I bet him. He he must have placed. So. Anyway, congratulations! It was a, it was a, it was a fun. Well, well you, yeah, you have no idea how much I lost, but no, 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 and I don't want to. But I, you saw Mark Mahady there too. Yeah, right? Mark and Mark was there. Mark and Nicole were there, so that was nice to see them. Uh, Rich from the fair had given them um, his box seats for opening day, so they got to come out for opening day. It was a, it was a very nice day. Yeah, awesome. Did yeah. I create a problem there at your house for the 
Do I need to work on that for a later date? For what? You and Melanie. What about it? Into the box. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's no. good? No. Okay. No. No, we could get... It's... No. Well, that's it's what not, I thought. It's not a okay, problem. It's not I, a problem. Okay. So. Just want to make sure. No. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see the moon this morning. It was overcast when I went o- down to overcast let the at my ha- out. Overcast at my house, too. Uh-oh. But temperate. And uh, we're supposed to have a, a cooling, decent week. Although they say the temperature is going to be slightly below average, but the humidity is going to be slightly above average. So it's still going to feel muggy and muggy. warm. So okay. we, sh- we shall see. I, with- I sent a text to. Uh, my son Daniel, who lives in Evanston, Illinois now, um, I saw a map before we left yesterday of the United States, and apparently that solar blast from the sun was going to bring the northern lights down. The line that they had was below Chicago. So sent him a text message. But we don't you might, know. You might go take a look. if it's, if it's it's. And they said it was going to be clear skies, so I don't know if he saw anything or not. I haven't heard back. But, yeah, it was supposed to be a pretty severe solar storm that was going on. Well, I hope he gets to see the northern lights. I'm the southern southern northern lights. Northern lights. Yeah. You know what they're called down south? Uh north is aurora borealis and I can't um I can't remember. Australis. Australis. That okay, that makes sense. It does. Oh, let's see. We have we have garden classes today. If I can find the paper. <laughs> you told me you had them. I did have them. Uh, garden classes today, 9 o'clock in San Diego. It's going to be growing mushrooms with Richard, and that seems to be a popular thing again. Uh, people are growing a lot of mushrooms. Um, they're relatively easy to grow. You don't even have to do anything. Just well, basically add water and let them go. I like George's adage about much mushrooms. What was that again? They're all edible At once. once. Yeah, you can eat any mushroom one time. But don't do that because, okay, don't listen yeah. to us and try any mushroom unless you know exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in Poway at 9.30 this morning, it's going to be companion planning and book signing with Brian Lowell. Uh, so that's at 9.30. If you're going to go to the San Diego store, get there early. We open at 8 in San Diego, but get there early to get a good seat. Uh, next Saturday, the 30th. God, we're already already through with July. Um, drought-tolerant landscapes with Olivia, uh, always a good class. And from 9.30 to 10.30, it's going to be cactus and succulent care. Cact- cactus and succulent care and culture with Dean. Um, and that's the dean that used to work for us? Yes. Okay. He always puts on a good class, hey, too. Gnosis Nursery with a G. But he brings <laughs> in some neat plants, and he's also bringing in um, a friend of his who makes custom ceramic or pots specialty artistic pots that they bring in that show off cactus and succulents so it's a a combo oh okay can we go back to mushrooms for a minute right go right ahead do you like raw mushrooms yeah i do it depends on the kind of mushroom but just like the like the white mushrooms that you get from the grocery store or costco yeah i'll I'll i I don't that just doesn't work for me that's a I, it's funny. I, I we have we have a speaking of taste like dirt. Well, no, we have a we have a a couple that we're really really good friends with, and um, she can't stand mushrooms, and he doesn't like tomatoes. He he doesn't mind tomato sauce or stuff like or cooked tomatoes, but just a raw tomato, he doesn't like them. He that's, doesn't he doesn't like the texture of them. That's because they have lectins in them, and they're bad for your gut health. Or Wait, something. I don't know, but. Uh, but but yeah, she she will she refuses to eat uh, mushrooms. I love mushrooms. The, the kind of scent of them when they're raw just sends me the yeah, wrong they have way. Kind of, they do have kind of a weird smell to them, but it, it doesn't it 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 doesn't bother Cooked me. Cooked mushrooms, love them. What about but truffle? I don't care. It doesn't doesn't do anything for you. No, no. Um, now you can go on to the next set of classes. Well, before I do, oh. while we're while we're talking about mushrooms, if you're ever up in if you're ever up in San Francisco and you go to the ferry building down on the Embarcadero, um, it almost every store that's in the ferry building uh, has something to do with food. It's food related. There's, I would like that. It's it's really cool. Uh, but they have a mushroom store there, and that's all they sell is mushrooms and fungi. Uh, but they have I can't remember which. I think it's the they had white truffle and 
white truffle is insanely expensive. I mean, it was the last time we were there, which was probably 10 years ago. Before inflation. Before inflation. I, th- I think white truffles were somewhere around $300 an ounce, something like that. It, it was it was crazy. Um, but then we were, I was watching, a, there, there's a really good show on CNN that we started watching. We really like it. It's a, it's called Stanley Tucci searching for Italy and it's outstanding. It, I was a huge Anthony Bourdain fan, but I think Stanley Tucci's show in a lot of ways is better than Anthony Bourdain's show. Uh, but he goes to the different regions of, he goes to the different regions of Italy and tries the food and gives you the history and blah, blah, blah. But they, they were talking to a, a truffle, to a, a truffle forager, I guess you would call him. Uh, but they said they can't, they can't, they have never been able to grow truffles in an organ. They can't, they can't, they can't, they can't grow it as a crop. They, they have tried and tried and tried, but they, for, they're missing something and they cannot get them to grow as a crop, which I thought was very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I just flashed back to, to Arnold Ziffel. The pig from oh, the Green pig. Acres. Yeah. Don't they use those to search um, out truffles somewhere? In, in Searching for Italy, they were using a dog. They had a dog that would sniff them out. But yeah, t- I think traditionally it was pigs that they would use to, to go and sniff them out. Uh, let's see. The San Diego Botanical Garden Foundation today and tomorrow is the Turtle and Tortoise Show in the Casa del Prado in Balboa Park. So if you want to go see some turtles and tortoises, I like most like some people just use the term for just, both just, just call them turtles just, just call them turtles yeah. yeah and then some you'll run into some somebody's person the, like me like <laughs> no no it's really a tortoise it's a tortoise uh let's see and then next weekend mark your calendars for balboa park it's going to be the san diego orchid society summer orchid show and sale which should be a pretty good show if you're going to be in and around Balboa Park. You're going to see a lot of stuff that's in bloom that you wouldn't normally see. I'm going to give you a rough description of a Mexican species orchid, and you tell me if you remember the name. It's I have it in my backyard mounted on a slab of cork. White, large flower with very frilly petals at the end. They're, they all break down to you know just a tiny little string of white um, around the Like whiskers around the edge? Yes, yes. Um you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, if, it was. It's a Rincolalia. That's close enough. But it's it's, a, a wrinkle, it's it, one of those Mexican species orchids yeah. we used to get, and it gets nothing but water once in a while, and it blooms every year. Yeah, and when they, usually when they bloom, they're incredibly um, fragrant. Fragrant. Yeah, night. it's a little high. It used up to be. It to used to be a. It used to be a Brassavola, and then they changed it to Rincolalia. And I. It's I, too high up in the tree for. I said to see, but I meant to smell. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty, very, very pretty plant. Very pretty flower and requires nothing. Yeah. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Kane Anders along with David Ross. Mark Mahady has the day off, and George Allman is enjoying some island time over in the island of Kauai right now. So we're hoping to get a report from him next week when he ret- – he should be back next week. Next week. Yeah. I sent him the phone number in case he'd forgotten. I well, don't know if we can do, – well, do we extend to Hawaii? Can we – does our 888 well, it, number work there? It It's 3 o'clock in the morning there, Dave. 
Oh, that's right. It's the other direction, isn't it? That's why he hasn't responded. I, I don't expect him to get up and yeah, he and should. Call who, does he, who does he think he is? He's a, he was at the uh, Limahuli Botanic Garden. I just sent you a picture of the picture. I was oh. going to say Ohio's completely different than Hawaii. That's for sure. Um, that's right. Yeah, a little little different there. Thank We're you. going the is wrong that, direction. Yeah, I once in a while I think. Yeah. Um, you were listening to Garden and Mushroom Talk here on AM. Oh, we were so talking. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about. Oh, I mushrooms. thought you had something else. No, no, no. I just like saying Garden and Mushroom Talk oh, okay. for whatever reason. You may. And it was the orchid that you were talking about is Rinkelalia digbiana. I should write that. No, I'm not going to write that down. I wouldn't even know how to. <laughs> I don't even know, know which one. It I'm is. just going to call it the Mes- Mexican species orchid yeah. with the whisker-like frilly yeah. petals. Yeah, it's, it's a, very fragrant. It's it's very fragrant. It's kind of it's kind of an unusual greenish. Tint yes. to it as well. It's a it's a it's a beautiful plant. Uh, definitely worth grabbing a hold of if you can if you can find one. Now, did you uh, say those more, are more fragrant at night? Yes, I, I, I didn't. Okay, but yeah. Most of the well, Rinkelalias, Brassavolids are they typically are are night fragrant. And then I know there's one in the back uh, where you've been working in the in the shade house that's mounted on a piece of cork, and it, it kind of looks like that um, ground cover the. Um, Oh, the pyrosia. Well, no, the, the are you, the one on the the stick with the. It's got the. It, it's got. It, it almost looks like that ice plant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. That's Brassavola nodosa, and that has a really interesting, very flower with very narrow petals and very narrow sepals. Um, white blooms. Blooms fairly regularly, uh, but again, that's another one that's very. Uh, highly fragrant. At Should night. I try and divide that one? Should I make no? I'd leave it as, out just, leave yeah, it. just leave it as one yeah. for now. We let it get a little bigger, and then we can divide it up. But yeah, that, and it's 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 fairly common. It's not it's not something really out of the ordinary. Uh, it's just that there's not a lot of growers that grow the, those particular plants for some reason. I don't I don't know why because they're they're like you said they're easy to grow and they bloom pretty regularly. Well, I came across a big tub of. Drinaria, which is a traditional type of fern. It's a a, a footed fern. Mm-hmm. It has the rhizome that spreads, but it has two different types of, of fronds on it. It has the long arms that come out with very frilly leaves and leaflets, but then it also has a little base shield that comes up. It's about two or three inches long, and it makes a beautiful basket, and I did take your advice and get the sawzall. <laughs> Shop that <laughs> Doing thing that up. manually mm-hmm. was not fun. Um, and I'm going to try and make a bunch of, start a bunch of cuttings of it because it's a really neat fern. I hadn't seen one. We used to get them occasionally down in Point Loma before we opened up Poway. And so this is a nice plant. It'll probably make 20 or 30 plants out of it. Yeah, it was a pretty good size spot. And it was jammed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've had part uh, Problems getting some of the plastic out of it in some areas because there's so much fern wrapped around it. Um, one of the problems that we've seen popping up every once in a while this time of the year um, is the lace bugs on lantanas. And once they get a hold, they can really make a lantana look pretty shabby pretty quickly. Very quickly. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I think that's a relatively new pest. I don't I, remember it being – the only thing I re- really remember – having issues with with lantana was that bacterial spot that yeah. gets on them during the winter and once yeah. it got warm you never had a, yeah it wasn't an issue anymore and now this looks kind of like that same bacterial spot it it makes those lighter brown spots on them and splotches on them but it's from the lace bug damaging mm-hmm. the backs of the leaves and i don't recall seeing it prior to what two or three years ago i, I that's probably about right yeah and yeah, now that you mention it it's moderately easy to control with any of the contact insecticides but you have to be careful because so many people are growing their lantanas to attract butterflies and bees mm-hmm. and things. And so it, it changes how you would have to, to treat them. I guess you'd have to use the hort oil. Yeah, I would think so. That's probably the safest bet because it, you, the only way the hort oil is going to kill a butterfly or a bee is if you spray it on them. Where and they wouldn't be there in the evening. They wouldn't you, be there in the evening anyway. My, my go-to would be like something like the uh, Bonide 8 with the permethrin in it, but that'll that'll kill everything, and it will persist. It'll it'll yeah. stay on the plant, so you can't really do it. Yeah, so you definitely want to watch out for that. I also had a customer 
a couple of customers this week that had uh, rose leaves that were skeletonized. I think we're going through the next cycle of rose, rose slug. slug. Oh, yeah. It was just totally destroyed the leaves. All that was left was the were the veins. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Once the, you know, it's funny. You go out and look in, the, look in your rose garden, you'll see leaves that have a couple of holes in them, and you come back just a few days later, and there's no leaves left. I mean, they once they get going, they are incredibly voracious how fast they can feed. So, but you know the the BioAdvance two and one, the BioAdvance three and one, both of those are very very effective um, in controlling rose slug. And if you, my thought on it is that if you see, if you see the ro- if you see the rose slug starting, um, probably best to hit it with the ready to spray three and one. Um, so to get it to get it under control immediately, immediately, because right? it 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 moves so quickly that if you don't get it under control, you're gonna you're gonna end up with a lot of damage by the time you use uh, one of the other systemics to that's absorbed through it, the root system to get it under control. It doesn't take those long to be absorbed, but like you said, it's only two or three days, and they can totally destroy a plant in that period oh, of yeah. time. Yeah, they can they can wipe them out. You know what? One thing that we had gotten in that I had not seen in a while and they are, it's a really nice plant. I believe they're pretty drought tolerant too. It'll give you a, a really nice highlight plant in your landscape is the Euphorbia cotinifolios. They're, it's a kind of a small to medium sized tree. <clears throat> um, I don't know what, what kind of a burgundy red foliage. Burgundy, and, it, and it holds the burgundy red. Yeah. So many other plants with that leaf color, they come out that color, but they ripen or fade to green after they come mm-hmm. out, but not Euphorbia contenifolia. Go ahead. Well, when I think of that plant, the one place that I remember seeing it on a regular basis in San Diego <laughs> is in Mission Valley in front of – is the Hilton still there? Or is it a new – does it have a new name? I think there's a Hilton in Mission Valley but, still. Okay, so in the berm between their parking lot and Camino del Rio South is there were – enormous dark green flax and okay. behind them and in between the front row of flax were those euphorbia cotinifolia and it was a great contrast green grass the the green leaves of the flax, uh, flax and then the euphorbia cotinifolia and they were outstanding they are, I don't it's think a, I ever saw that I, I I noticed it all the time just because you don't see euphorbia cotinifolia Mm-mm. and Euphorbia is a huge family. It includes poinsettias and many of the traditional succulent euphorbias that people think about, pencil cactus, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But this looks more like a traditional um, shrub. With, yeah, with, it looks like it, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't call it in the euphorbia family if you saw it. No, it, it's it, not not what you would traditionally think they look like. It, it has more of a growth habit like the traditional old-school poinsettias, a fairly large upright shrub, only this mm-hmm. one's much more dense and doesn't require near as much trimming as the old. old. And the foliage is much smaller. Yeah, and, and it's a beautiful burgundy it's color. It's a really nice, really nice tree. You know, speaking of burgundy-colored plants, um, one that's kind of, again, that stuff comes and goes, and this one's kind of fallen out of favor, are, are red-leaf plums. You just we don't sell anywhere near the number of red leaf plums that we used to, and I I think that's an outstanding medium sized medium sized landscape tree. And, I grew and, up with one; and it produced those sour little plums. Oh, which my I kids loved. love those. Me too. They, they would climb the tree just to get those. And it is so fast growing, and it develops into a tree so quickly. It almost makes it easy to overlook the fact that they seem to die pretty. They they're not long lived. They yeah. are about maybe. Maybe twelve to fifteen years yeah. somewhere around there, and I think they're susceptible to the. Aren't they susceptible to that same? This is xylella or whatever the disease oh, the, is. The, the bacterial, yeah, scorch. And I, I don't know what it is, but because they grow and develop so quickly, you can kind of overlook the fact if you have to replace it every ten or fifteen years. It's not the end of the world. It's a small to medium tree. There's dwarf ones, but that does give you the pretty plum flowers in the spring oh, and then just beautiful spring flowers on them I mean, incredible it spring used flowers. to be so much more popular many different varieties and now we get them on occasion yeah we get a few here and there but it's not not nearly as popular as it used to be but there there was a 
insect that used to get on them too. Um, pear slug. Pear slug. That's right. Similar to similar to rose slug, and it would do do very similar damage, where it would just kind of skeletonize the foliage on them. A little bit harder to control when you have a fifteen foot tall tree that's infested with it, rather than a three foot tall rose bush. But uh, and it's moderately well camouflaged it looks like a bird dropping on the leaf kind yeah. of a glossy bird dropping um and then it, i guess they drop down into the soil and pupate in the soil is that what is yeah. that how that works okay. yeah so it's they're hard to control you have to get them while they're on the plant or i guess you can get beneficial nematodes and get them in the soil if you wanted if you were that having would a probably problem work it. as well um speaking of beneficial insects the it seems the it seems the ladybug supply has Somewhat evened out a little bit. Hasn't been as big of a problem as it was in the past. But I think that was mostly because it wasn't it the fires that was causing The fires problems? caused a lot of problems with the, where they collect them. Yeah. I think I, that would be interesting to go and see how they collect them. Well, they are supposed to be in such profusion in those areas where they, where they collect them. I remember being up at the, what's the observatory in Tucson? Mount Kitt. Mount Kitt. Uh, Jacqueline and I went up there a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Great, great visit from being down at the 100-degree desert floor and then going up where it was chilly mm-hmm. up at the top at Kip Peak. But the there were ladybugs coming out in swarms all around the base of the of the observatory itself. Oh, really? Yeah, they were in the weeds that were abutting the the dome where it meets the the ground. There were it was probably just hundreds, if not thousands, of them. But it wasn't. They weren't covering the entire area, but you could, I could envision what happens when they come out in, I, it in must, droves. It must be something to see. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We've got a lot more coming up right after this, so stay tuned. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, we've got quite a bit of stuff going on. In this, it, it Just in real quickly, it is three hours between three Pacific hours Daylight and Hawaiian Standard Time. Okay. Yes. Okay. So um, it is 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, 3 3.30. 3.30. 3.30. Um, I and don't think he'll be calling. I doubt it. Um, you know what? I, we've had... And I'm kind of surprised that we still have them in stock. We've got some 15-gallon Thunbergia grandifloras in, which is an – I think it's an outstanding tropical-looking vine. Agreed. It's, and you don't see it very often. We not, haven't had it for a long time. We have not had it for a long time, and now we've got some really nice ones in. And, um, and it's a beautiful lush green foliage um, and a really pretty blue um, trumpet-like flower on it. If I had a place to put one, I would – Put one in, but I, you do have a place I, to put one. I have a place to bring one home and leave it in the side yard until it dies. But yeah, I don't have any place that I could oh. actually put one in the backyard. That was, you know, I don't even think that was a shot at me, but it was a pretty good shot at me. That's <laughs> no, exactly that's, what I would do. With that's it. what that's what I do. So, <laughs> um, and then another thing that we had in stock that we had not had for a while is we have some we had some cherimoyas in stock. Yeah, and if you. If you're one of those people that likes cherimoya, which I happen when they're when they're ripe, they're really good. They're custard like flavor, uh, very and texture, custard like texture and flavor. Yeah, it's there. Was that a Scott Jones sign that said that? It might have been. I don't remember, but um, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting it's an interest it's an interesting plant, uh, and they will produce around here without too much trouble, although. To get the best production on them, you you need to hand pollinate them, 
So when the flowers are open, you get it just like a soft red sable brush and go and stick it in the flower and move it around to pick up some pollen and then just do that amongst all the open flowers that you can find. And they should set pretty well. You know, one of my coworkers asked me this week about a special Mexican apple. And I had no idea what they were talking about. No clue. And well, somebody, I, re- I vaguely remember this conversation. Yeah, it was a sapote. That's right. And I had, That's I mean, right. I know what a sapote is. And on my way home yesterday in Lakeside in uh, Eucalyptus Hills, right on the side of the road, there's a sapote with big fruit almost hanging over the road. Oh, really? Yeah. You couldn't I, grab it as you were driving by? No, I'm not a huge sapote fan. I don't think I've ever had it. It's a neat looking tree. I mean, if you if you like... If you like stuff that looks tropical in your yard, it, it's a it's a neat looking tree. I grew up with one. My my dad had one planted in the backyard at the house, and I never really cared for it. I never. I I don't think I've ever even tried it. I, the one that we used to get the that we used to get a lot of calls for um, was uh, the chocolate sapote, which is supposed to taste like chocolate pudding. I guess I don't know. I've never. That's another one I've never. I think we I've had some, some in. I think it is more tropical. I think it needs. I think it's more temperatures. tender. Yeah, I, th- I think you have uh, you have to be you have to baby it a little bit I, more I, than the other ones. I did hear somebody tell me that they wanted a bacon avocado because it tastes like bacon. But hmm. I, I was trying to say that it's named after the discoverer Jim Bacon. Yeah, but I don't. I think it fell on deaf ears. Yeah, but, I, I think they were. Unless you put bacon bits in it, I think. Yeah, I think they. I think they were misled there with that, with, with that bit of information. Um, oh, the we have a lot of. Uh, if you got to the fair and saw the primordial exhibit that we put on at the fair this year, we have a. It lot was the result of the primordial ooze, yeah. not it. Um, a lot of that stuff that was in that display is now available in the in. In the Poway store, we have a huge selection of absolutely beautiful ferns, uh, and the wood yettias, the palm, the big the palm trees, palms. the foxtail palms that were at the back of the display are all available. And actually, well, we we've been moving through them. Um, it's the first time we've had foxtail palms. Well, first time, I don't ever remember us having foxtail palms that big in the past. We have not. Um, but it's the first time we've had any foxtail palms in years. I would say. And for, uh, I would say it was probably, well, 10 or 15 years ago, they were incredibly popular. Very, very popular. But um, they, I don't know what happened to them, why it, they went by the wayside. Yeah, I don't either. But um, the ones that we have now are, are really nice. You know, the other the other palm tree that has fallen out of favor, uh, the, there, well, there's a couple that were huge 15, 20 years ago. Um, Ravenias. Um, what was it? What's the... What's the what's common the, name? What's on the it? common name on it? Uh, you keep going for a moment because I'm gonna. I have another thing to talk about about a couple of different palms that has come up. Well, Majesty, Majesty, Majesty palm. palm, yeah, and it was an interesting palm tree because it was, it would get really big, but it wouldn't get much height on the trunk, so they would spread out quite a bit. Get, the fronds would get really long, but the trunk would would stay really short for a long long period of time. They never got a really big trunk on them. That was a really neat one. And then the other one that we used to sell a lot of um, was triangle palms. And I can't remember the last time I saw a triangle palm in the store. Don't, don't see them very often. And that was, that was Neodipsis decari. And then they changed the – didn't they change they the – They got rid of Neo. Neo? Yeah, I guess it's not new anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's just, just, the, it's the it's old, just your good it's, old Dipsis, it's you the know. Old, it's the old Dipsis. That's what they call me. Yeah. Um, hey, there's David. The old Dipsis is back. Yeah. Um, there was a – is it Ilian, the street that uh, Madeline yes. is on? Yeah, with the so hill. So walking the kids to school, I'd go by on Ilian Street and outside the house. You made them walk to school? From, not made them. And on occasion, they enjoyed walking to school when they were That's young. a long way. And it's uphill. From your grandmother's house? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not from Spring Valley. Well, no, but it's still a long It's like a 15 or 20-minute walk. You know, we come from tougher stock. It was a long time ago. It wasn't so. soft like we are now. Yeah, but there was a majesty palm outside the fence on Ilian, and I walked past it on a regular basis, and I knew it was getting that pink rot. Oh, yeah. So I went around and knocked on the door and told them about it, and they figured I was just some kind of a nut, which 
you know, they were yeah. probably right. And they just left it and didn't do anything about it and let it die. But um, that brings me to Canary Island date palms. Mm-hmm. And I got a picture of one from a customer yesterday uh, that had the fusarium on it. And it was going to die. And I was talking to Kurt about it because there's nothing you can do about the fusarium. And he said between that and the South American the weevil. palm weevil, those palms are going to be gone from Southern California probably in our lifetime because it's wiping them out. The the beetles, I'm seeing more dead canary island oh, dates all, all over, over the place. place. Yeah, they're everywhere. It's it it's incredible how fast that has come through. You know, they had a big problem with fusarium up in um, Beverly Hills, um, I want to say about uh, 15 years ago. And the canary island date palms were, were dying and the problem, the problem with the fus- the problem that I remember with fusarium and Canary Island dates is that it would kill the crown of the tree, and once the crown dies, then that then that part of the tree starts to rot, but they don't shed the foliage, and then if there's a windstorm, it's like an, the foliage acts like an umbrella, and it pulls the top off of the tree, which comes crashing down, and it weighs between two and three thousand pounds, and if you're anywhere near it. When it comes down, you're dead. Or if you're didn't weren't there pictures of cars that were under those that got cru- crushed? Yeah, they they had a big problem with it up there. I haven't heard of it being. I haven't heard of the weevil causing that kind of an issue. Because maybe they maybe the palm dies and it just doesn't rot as quickly as it does with fusarium. But with, with the fusarium, it was it was a big problem. Well, when you think about the way fungus rots, they rot. Mm-hmm. You know, they melt, they kind of melt out. And with the weevil, it kills them, and they seem to be very dry. So maybe yeah. the trunks, let's hope the trunks stay intact, because uh, the one behind my parents' house is dead. Well, there were there were three of them. The, the parent, which was the one that my parents planted 60-plus years ago, got the beetle and was gone in six months. Mm-hmm. The tree looked fine in the fall of last year, and it was dead around December. And then the other two smaller ones beyond it, uh, both, both were dead. And so the two that were on my parents' property are gone, but the one on the neighbor's property is still there, but it's, it's totally dead, but it does seem intact and the fronds have Mm -hmm. come off. So there's less of a sale effect to pull it over. Yeah. I've noticed, um, just driving down Lytton street and, and Barnett, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dead, um, date palms in MCR or in MCRD on the grounds of MCRD. I wonder about the the San Diego River. Oh, there's tons of them. Are they we, dead in there oh, too? Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a few over in a uh, few over along Presidio, along the edge of Presidio Park that are dead too. If you do have a palm like that in your yard and it is a an integral part of your landscape and you do not want it gone, uh, the best thing you can do is treat it preventively with the Soil systemic, the yeah. Bonite or the Bayer soil systemic, and it says once a year, and you mix that with water and pour it around the base, and it'll absorb up and should protect the palm trees from the inside out. And I think that's the only thing. I think you that's can the do. only thing you can do. Yeah, because because typically the trees are way too big to try to spray anything into, uh, at least anything that a homeowner would have. Uh, the soil drench though is is relatively easy to use, and I think the fir- I think the first signs of it getting of infestation or uh, not necessarily infestation, but of their it becoming a problem as the lower foliage starts to droop, the upper foliage, the towards the crown stays upright, but the lower foliage starts to droop. And then it just, because it's beginning in there. Yeah. And so if you get to it in a timely manner, you may be able to prevent it. I, from what I have read, it if, if you catch it quickly, you can get it under control. Um, but if you let it go, it, it's, it's almost certain to be fatal. Fortunately for my parents, the, their palms were on the back side of the house where, I mean, they, they stood up over the house, but when they're gone, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people have them in the centers of their driveways, things like that. Mary in Rancho had them in front of her house and they didn't have, they did not appear to have fusarium nor the beetle, but they had weak points in the in the trunk, way up in the mm-hmm. neck, and they were starting to lean, and it would just be a matter of time before they before snapped they go, and came down. Yeah. yeah, there's a big there's a big one uh, around the corner from us on on Spruce Run that I've been keeping my eye on because it, it 
it kind of looks like the lower fronds are starting to starting to droop a little bit. And I don't know if it's just because they're old fronds and they haven't pruned it recently. Uh, you should go knock they, on their door if they, they, they want to keep it. If they got another problem, we'll have to keep a keep an eye on it. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman have the weekend off. Uh, hopefully just, they'll be back next real, week. Real yeah, quick, go ahead. George sent me a picture of him on the beach in Kauai. I don't know why he keeps sending pictures of him on the beach in Kauai, <laughs> but he does. Um, but he was climbing a, a big rock. Rock, yeah. And he sent that picture to his son, who mm-hmm. has a picture of himself, his son, on that rock on the same years rock, ago. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty yeah, I thought that was I pretty thought cool. that was pretty cool, pretty neat. Um, we talked hot. about what we were going to talk. It's about. It's hot. It's it is hot. Yeah, make sure you. No, I wasn't going to go water. Let's go with 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 the plants first that love it. Okay, you start. <laughs> the cone flowers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, Monrovia has a bunch of different cone flowers. And back in our day, when we were young, it was just the lavender ones. That's right. And, uh, we need some. We need some going back in time music. When we say when we were young, that'll go. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's close enough. Um, um, but echinacea, echinacea, coneflower, the butterflies and bees and things love them. They but do. The colors now, bright orange, bright kind of salmon, bright yellow, gold. I mean, it was. It's There's a really neat plant, and it's super durable. It's a perennial. When it gets done blooming, you chop it down to the ground, and then just wait for it to come back up again next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got in a bunch of teco- Tacomas. That's another one that has just taken off in the past past five years. I would say we're it's a really good low water drought tolerant heat loving plant. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different colors now. It used to and be just the yellow. Too. Yes, yeah. and there's dwarfs and standards and yellow, orange, kind of burnt orange, red, the honey mustard. There's a whole bunch of different colors and. They thrive this time of the year. The hotter it gets, the better they look. But the one we have in the at the nursery, those two out front, the yellow one and the orange one, uh, over the fountain out there, are outstanding. Yeah, no, they're they're really neat. And it used to be the only one that you the only one you could get was just big regular yellow. Tacoma stands, yes. just a, a big yellow, tall tree. yellow that had the the big seed pods yeah. hanging down. Um, and the buddleias, you know, the butterfly bush. There's dwarf ones of those now, too. They used to get so big that they were unwieldy in most, most garden situations. So there are short ones, and the, the butterflies are just flocking to them. Do butterflies yeah. flock? What do they do? I don't know. What they, they kind of flit. Okay, they are, they're flitting to them. Um, yeah, the, it's, it really is a, a, an outstanding plant and, and a wide, pl- range of, wide range of colors. And the plumerias are going nutsoid, too. I'm looking something up here real quick. Then I'll keep talking you about keep, you Budliest talk, talk amongst yourselves. We did <laughs> break into small groups and discuss. Yeah. Um, we did get in in Poway a big order of plumerias, and a lot of them are starting to – not starting. There are a lot of them in bloom right now in a whole bunch of different colors. But I really think that the Tacoma is an underutilized plant in the in the landscape. The, I, the small ones for containers on patios and the larger ones can be used as screens or – just bird attractants anywhere in the yard. You know, I'm pretty sure this is it, but uh, in the Bahamas, the national flower of the Bahamas is the yellow elder, and I'm almost positive that's Tacoma stands. Oh, is it? Or is I, it? Uh, is it 
What's the yellow flower, the tropical yellow flower? Alamanda. No, that's not Alamanda. Okay. Alamanda is a vine. This is a tree. I've seen them down there. They're, they're all over the <laughs> He's <laughs> had it with your talking like that. <laughs> they are all over the place down That's there. what we were waiting for? That's what I was looking up. That's but, a great story. I appreciate but, that. But, you know, what's funny is it says it's yellow. The, the national flower of the Bahamas is a yellow elder. But it doesn't tell you what the botanical name is. So, That's the, so anyway, I think it's Tacoma Stands. It okay. looks like Tacoma Stands. Thank and you. the tree looks like Tacoma Stands. When Let's go with Tacoma Stands. When you're in the Bahamas, that's what it looks like. So, Are we allowed to call them yellow elders? Uh, or is it like elderberry? No, that's more of a... No, I know. Yeah. All right. All right. On a totally separate note, yes, uh, Monday, I was with my dad at Costco, and the sign on the wall for the gas station, which I would not wait in line on in the middle of the day, was $4.99 a gallon. Oh, it's going down. It was. It's gone way down. But I was very bitter that I was happy that it was four ninety. It was only five dollars a gallon. Yes, yeah. in Poway it's five oh nine. We're getting ripped off in Poway. Well, I saw. I'm still seeing gas at over six bucks a gallon in some yeah. places. It's it's crazy. Uh, some of the other stuff that we had out in um, oh, standard citrus is starting to come back. Yes, slowly. I don't think we have. I don't think our, our selection is real deep. Uh, but we have a fairly good select. We have a fairly good supply of standard citrus in stock. Right you know, now. and there was who was it? Uh, Jacques was in yesterday, and he was looking for a peach tree. And we have a really good selection of peaches and nectarines that we got from Northern California. And some of the varieties are Texas, from Texas, uh, I guess University of Texas. So they came out of Texas, hmm. where they have super low chill requirements. And there's a whole host of them, which is like where our um, Tropic White is part mm-hmm. of that program. And there's a whole lot. I don't think we have any more of the Tropic White, but we have a great selection of fruit trees. And if you came up short this year in, in your planting of your your orchard, we do have a good selection now, and it might not be a bad time to to expand because the selection has kind of come back. We do, have, we do have a pretty good selection of them. You know, Melanie picked up some, she picked up some peaches at the store the other day. And I, I like I I I love peaches, but I don't like the skin on them. I I don't like the I don't like the fuzzy skin. That's why I usually like nectarines over peaches. Okay, which is a fuzzless peach. Fuzzless, fuzzless peach. Um, but she picked up some she picked up some peaches the other day that I mean there's barely any fuzz on them at all, and they were unbelievably good. I mean, incredibly good peaches. I'm proud of you expanding your horizons. Do you know what I? I go back to Costco, those jars of the uh, peaches and light syrup. You get a four-pack of peaches. They are delish. Oh, my! when I was a kid, my dad used to – my mom used to buy canned peaches, and in the evenings my dad would just open up a can of peaches and just sit there and eat an entire can of peaches in light syrup. I, I, I can do that, and then I save the syrup for later. It's so stupid. I hang on to it. Oh, that's what I need. I need some, some – some light syrup. It'd be delicious it right now. Probably makes a good mixer. Uh, <laughs> this was just straight out of the jar. <laughs> uh, we a good selection of plumerias in right now. If you, Very. If and you I, like plumerias, a, now is an excellent time to, to get them. Uh, if you live in an area like I do where the soil is really heavy in clay, not a good idea to put them in the ground. But they grow really really well in pots they're not going to turn into the big trees that they would if they could grow in the ground but uh you can easily easily grow them in containers i've got a pretty good sized one on my pool deck right now that's in full bloom it looks really nice and i know a lot of people put them in the ground and i caution them against it but freak frequently people can get away with planting them in the ground if it drains well but if we have a cool wet winter they're gonna rot it's not gonna do well yeah there's a uh, over on the on the south side of, of um scripture ranch uh where one of where Blake's best friend used to his parents used to live, there was a house that had had a bunch of them planted in the yard, uh, and they looked beautiful. And they must have a complete either. I'm guessing that area was probably filled uh, before they developed it. So it would drain. So because the soil drains, uh, there's sections in my neighborhood where people have avocados and michelias and all kinds of stuff growing, but I think they're all fill lots because my, my lot's a cut lot and I've killed all of those things trying to grow them in the ground. So, well, oh, oh, classes. Yes, sir. Okay. 
Uh, we do have classes today. If you want to come in at San Diego, 9 o'clock, it's going to be Growing Mushrooms with Richard, a very, very popular thing going on these days. Uh, in Poway at 9.30, it's going to be Companion Planting and Book Signing with Brian Lowell. Next week in San Diego, Drought Tolerant Landscapes with Olivia at 9 o'clock. And in Poway, it's going to be Cactus and Succulent Care and Culture with Dean. That's at 9.30. Um, that would be Dean Powell. from Gnosis Nursery with Dean a G. Gnosis. Gnosis. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know, I know the G is silent, but it's just easier for people to see it. To see it. If I say it. There you go. Is that acceptable? Yeah. And don't forget the Turtle and Tortoise Society today and tomorrow in Balboa Park and the Orchid Show next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Balboa Park. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.